Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, and many other applications. Thank you always for downloading and listening to the show. It's a great pleasure to join you once again today. The you know, the sky is cloudy. It's raining a bit. This and that. Uh, but, well, it's pretty sunny when you talk about the Minnesota Wild and how they played this past week. It's ironic how last week when the Wild were struggling, it was a beautiful sunny day. Derek Felska was on the air. The Wild just didn't look good. looked like we couldn't get any energy, couldn't get any shots on that. And, well, we predicted, me and Derek predicted the Wild, hopefully, at least, like, we're hoping to get at least one win against Vegas and Colorado. Well, we wind up with three wins and only one loss. As... Wally Shaver and many a Canadian might say, not bad, eh? Three out of four ain't bad. Uh, not quite the meatloaf song, but, uh, well, better. It's actually a higher percentage. Not bad. Speaking of percentages, the Minnesota Wild power play has taken a very good turn for the better. It's a great feeling. So, just before last night's game, just before last night's game, as the power play had been improving with consistent power play goals, Wild had at least one power play goal in every game this past week, 29th place, 12%, definitely out of the historically bad range and not in last place in the league. That was going into last night's game. I'm going to refresh this right here and right now. I deliberately saved this because it's like, yeah, they hadn't updated it yet, and I refuse to refresh it until it's time, and now it is. 29th, here comes the refresh, 27th, 14.8%. So the Wild move up two spots and almost 3%, 14.8%, because the Wild yesterday were 4 of five on the power play. That is off the charts. It's unbelievable territory. So like I said, the Minnesota Wild, that's kind of the first topic of the show here, they had a power play goal in all of the games. Minnesota Wild swept Vegas again, which obviously is a big topic. I think there's a really good chance we're going to face off in the postseason, and I'll give my thoughts on the possibilities in that series. Awesome, though. Wild getting power play goals in every game. One for three, one for three in the, both of the Vegas games. Two for six in the five to four loss to Colorado. And four for five in the eight to three demolition of Colorado. 
on April the 7th. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, again, we sweep the Golden Knights, both lower scoring games and all that good stuff, but we swept them. The Wild just kind of matched their moves and got the job done in Vegas. We have our first home game with fans in the building, over, you know, 250, up to 3,000 now. And then watch the Avalanche kind of tear us apart, and we have the infamous Furious Rally that comes up short. It just, it just came up short, you know, it just came up short, the Furious Rally. I hate Furious Rallies that don't mean anything. It happens way too often, uh, especially in the, you know, back in just a couple of years ago when the locker room was still what it was. It was extremely irritating. I remember the Dallas series. We had a couple of beautiful, furious rallies, and we came up just short. Uh, I think we squeezed out one win, and then at the end of the day, we had another furious rally and lost. It's just kind of funny. It became an ongoing gag with Judd Zolgad and such on uh, Score North slash AM1500, all that good stuff. It was an ongoing gag because it was frustrating. It's like, why are you falling behind 4-1 to in the first place? God dang it. But the Wild ended up winning, surviving. Minnesota's power play this past week was just exquisite, to say the least. 8 of 17. That's insane. 8 of 17. Obviously a 4 for 5 showing. He's going to boost that up a bit. But it was still very respectable even before that, obviously. It was, what, 4 of 12. That's, you know, like 33%, right? So, or no, yeah, 25%. That's still very solid. Better than better than what it had been. Wow, beautiful job by the power play. Minnesota Wild, even though there were a couple of weird lineups and uh, guys like Cheddar, Cheddar B, as they call him, Tenna B, Cheddar B, whatever you want to call him, and uh, <laughs> KFAN with the common man and such on uh, the Beyond the Pond and the uh, Wild fan line with Pat Micheletti was ranting about the players that were on some of these power plays. And you have, like, both Benino and Rask on the power play? What are you doing? What for? Why are you having Benino and Rask on the power play? Those two roster spots taken because maybe Rask might help out with the faceoff. Maybe. And what other purpose? See, Benino's one thing. Maybe he'll win a face-off, this and that. Maybe he will. You hope so. But Rask? I mean, okay. That's kind of strange. That's a whole roster spot just wasted. What are you doing? You know, that's a whole spot for somebody else who's probably a better fit. Uh, Jared Spurgeon had three assists last night. His point totals have gone way up for uh, the past week and a half. He has just been outstanding, to say the least. It seems like yesterday he had three points. Now he's at 15 in 37 games. Four of them goals for Jared Spurgeon. And when Fiala, of course, yes, he had a spectacular game. We're talking about that very shortly. Caprice Fiala would have been the Mike Madonna Award winner for last week. The Spurgeon Memorial. I don't even Spurgeon. I just called him Spurgeon. I deeply apologize. The James Shepard Memorial. Uh, it was a, a. We'll just kind of leave that alone. We'll just say Victor Rask for last week. Lack of production, even though he had a couple of moments. But generally speaking, the guy can hardly hang on to a puck most of the time. And that's kind of the number one complaint. Still can't believe Greg Pattern had two assists in the three games he played for Minnesota. What a nice addition Ian Cole has been. Uh, Wilder, 12th in the league in goals four. It's freaking awesome. Absolutely freaking awesome. But now we're the worst team in the league in the penalty minutes, which is kind of weird. We're the worst now. Isn't that weird? Like, now we're getting the most penalties and all that. Really? It's it's, it's the ref's fault, though, right? It's the ref's fault. Ref's fault, damn it. <laughs> I don't know. Lack of composure, this and that. Started out April Fool's. Nice win. 3-2 to two over the... Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, very entertaining back and forth. I just love these games with Vegas. I just love them. And I love the fact that the Wild have been winning. And Cam Talbot has just been dazzling this and that. Uh, absolutely great. Again, I mean, 37 shots faced, 35 stopped. We, uh, Robin Leonard also faced 37 shots. But the Wild end up surviving in the uh, shootout. It was a nice, solid victory for Minnesota. We felt a million, felt like a million bucks in that one. Ooh, escaping in that situation. It's always scary. 
Kevin Viola, the hero, at the end of the day in the uh, in the shootouts, that felt damn good. Uh, there were some scary moments, but generally speaking, the Wild come out okay, and with the win, uh, Marcia Shaw was stopped. Matt Zuccarello was stopped. Shea Theodore stopped. Kevin Fiala scores. Alex Tuck, oof, misses. Thank you, Lord. Because Alex Tuck, we, you know, we're still frustrated about that game a while back. The Parisi, uh, the Parisi, <laughs> the Parisi extra shift game, double shift game, which got him in big trouble and all that with a lot of us, especially the coach and the general manager. But, uh, yeah, nice solid win for Minnesota there. Two to one victory over Vegas. Yep, and we'll talk about Talbot in a moment as well. Generally speaking, seems like he's in that every night. He's faced 28 shots and stopped all of them, but one. A 2-1 to victory. Marc-Andre Fleury, the Wild, end up escaping. Kirill Kaprizov, Jewel Erickson, getting the two goals in that game. Kaprizov just, you know, he's just absolutely special. It was a spectacular play once again. Every one of his goals are just like, oh my. You know, it was a tip-in, but it was a great play. An absolutely great play, and it was on the power play as well, from Eck and Fiala at the end of the day. Love seeing those three guys together, at least on the power play, because ultimately that's the best line you could put together at this moment. It's the best center with the best uh, best wingers on the team, obviously. Two two wingers that could be in multiple all-star games, obviously, especially Caprizo, but I think Fiala is all-star potential as well. Erickson Eck will probably never see an all-star game, but at least he's, he's a solid middle six center at the end of the day who's having to play top line and top power play unit at the moment because it is what it is but hey good for him at least he's capitalizing for the most part surprising he's only got seven assists but well at least he's scoring goals that's the positive side for jewel erickson Eck, the jewel of a player indeed it really was a spectacular play uh erickson Eck kind of kind of a cross-ice pass and kaprizov just boom you know almost like a almost like a slam dunk in a way it was just a spectacular play the way they timed it and finished absolutely awesome i just saw I just saw Alex Trock drop an F-bomb when he got stopped by Talbot. I couldn't believe what he was seeing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, one of those. But uh, absolutely great. I mean, again, power plays every night. We're not seeing overs, and let's knock on wood there. But uh, love the wild power play. Uh, how it's really, really moved up in a big way. The 5-4 to four Furious Rally game, this and that. But generally speaking, let's talk about Fiala and Kaprizov. Generally speaking, how they're literally taking charge. Uh, Fiala, again, had the hat-trick last night. Absolutely spectacular. His first hat-trick of his career. Kaprizov had a multi-goal game. It was just almost too much fun. But generally speaking, Fiala and Kaprizov have been factors in every game. Every single game, they've been a factor. They've been the two best players. No question about it. They're the Jordan and Pippen, so to speak. The uh, Crosby and Malkin, whatever you want to say, even though neither one of them is a center, unfortunately. But (laughs) that's how that goes. They've been taking charge in a big way. I mean, Fiala got his 11th goal in the Furious Rally game, which put the Wild in position at least to possibly still have a shot at it. It was another power play goal. Absolutely cool. The Wild had two power play goals in that third period. Marcus Johansson has been playing very well lately, uh, scoring on the power play with Ryan Hartman and Studer. Kind of funny guy. Funny, uh, but it is what it is when you have guys on the roster, you know, that aren't, you know, they're not, they're not really scorers, so to speak. So they're going to find their way on the power play very often with the way this team is set up. Ryan Herman had a multi-point game. you got to love that. <laughs> At the end of the day, Fiala, though, he just seemed to find his way somehow, someway, and assist a goal in every game this week. He was absolutely spectacular. Kaprizov did not score in the 5-4 to four Furious Rally. He was the only guy missing at the end of the day, unfortunately. Uh, it was an unfortunate night. Colorado was absolutely great. I mean, it was just another one of those moments where, I mean, this is a team that scored nine goals 
last week. I mean, they just they just been crushing people, and the way they just you know they've dominated us, they've dominated the Wild, but at least Minnesota survives here. We managed to score four goals against Philip Grubauer on only twenty five shots. Uh, Colorado dominated the puck, the puck possession, the complaint that I'd been talking about. Vegas pretty much, Vegas had the puck more than Minnesota in those two wins, but the Wild capitalized. And Colorado had the puck more than Minnesota last night, and the Wild capitalized. Grubauer struggled mightily against Minnesota the past couple nights, and that's that's nice. That's okay with me. Obviously, you feel like a million bucks. Ryan Hartman had a three-point game in the Furious Rally loss. Bugstad even had a multi-point game. Marcus Johansson had a multi-point game, which is kind of funny. Um... But you just love what you see. You you love what you see. Uh, uh, Jared Spurgeon has been piling up the assists again. Uh, very happy for him after again such a slow start to the season. Fiala and when he finally got it, when he got his eleventh goal, you're thinking, well, it's about time he got into the double digit range, and he's at that magical number of eleven. I guess you could say. Little did we know he had three more goals coming against Colorado. Because the the good news is the furious rally didn't stop. The Wild found something against Philip Grubauer, and it was absolutely great. Uh, this is where Fiala and Kaprizov really took charge against the Colorado Avalanche, an 8-3 to demolishment of the Colorado Avalanche. I, I mean, I can't believe the Minnesota Wild scored seven goals against Philip Grubauer, who had been pretty much lethal against the Wild most of the season. Absolutely frustrating. Cam Talbot faced 32 shots. I mean, the Wild only had 19 shots on goal the whole game and scored eight goals on 19 shots. You just sit and think about that. It, it's insane. Four power play goals, capitalizing in moments. I mean, it's very common that teams are going to have five power play chances in a game. It's not that uncommon. But to score four goals on those five power play chances is pretty damn cool. Despite all of the stuff I'd say about Victor Rask, he found his way to three assists in the game because it's just one of those magical nights when everything's just going right and you feel like a million dollars. You feel like a million dollars. Kirill Kaprizov, three points. Again, two goals and an assist. I kept thinking, here comes the hat trick. And then it ended up being Fiala. <laughs> Fiala had one goal in the game, and he wound up getting two goals in the third period. I mean, it was so wonderful. Kaprizov, again, just the, every single goal he scores, you come out feeling like, my God, we're so happy to have this guy. We're so lucky. We're so fortunate. Luke Johnson would get his first goal of his career in the NHL. Finally, the poor guy. Again, kind of a later draft pick. who has been mostly a fringe AHL guy his whole career thus far. 26 years old. Hoping for something. Mostly a fourth-line center in the NHL. And a, you know, a decent, adequate AHL center. Kyle Rao, kind of similar on the wing. He's been getting his minutes. But Victor Rask, again, finding his way to... Because he's been on the power play, finding his way to three assists. He assisted on Kaprizov's goal. He assisted on Kevin Fiala's power play goal. Ryan Hartman had a turnover and score. Um, and another, another, just a great play, Kaprizov, just timing it to put the Wild up 5-3 to three after Colorado had their version of a furious rally after trailing 4-1. to one. They trailed 4-1. to one. Think about it. The Colorado Avalanche were down 4-1. to one. And they had a furious rally, forcing it to 4-3, to three, which is really funny. And then Kaprizov, a, just a beauty, an absolute beauty. Um, again, just released the way he released the puck. And Fiala was able to get it to him at the right time, right place. Spurgeon also adding his 11th assist at the same time. And, man, and just the power play just dominating for Minnesota. Obviously, Colorado would at least make a couple <laughs> at least make a, a couple power play goals in this one as well because they're Colorado. They're going to find a way. Kale McCarr had a multi-assist game. 
despite missing a ton of time. He's still got 23 assists on the season. Um, but the Fiala goal, that made us all really come out of our seats, so to speak, if you were at the game or you are at home, was his second goal. The way he just he just kind of forced a turnover. Somehow Benito got an assist on the play. I, I mean, that's awesome. I'm glad he was able to get that. Uh, the puck comes out to Fiala, stops it with his skates, just kind of, he just kind of gets possession of the puck, and the way he's able to just kind of wrist that thing and release it past Grubauer was a thing of beauty. I mean, it was kind of like a Kaprizov goal, the way he timed it and, and the way he released it, just the way he did it. It was just, un, it was a spectacular play. I, I can't say enough of how great it was. Obviously, again, Kaprizov's goal was a quick one-timer from Fiala's, Kaprizov's second goal. But I think the highlight of the night was Fiala's second goal. And then, of course, Jules Eriksson-Ack was able to finish Parisi hitting his 10th assist, fortunately for him. Greenway's still piling up the assists. He almost never scores, but at least he gets assists, which is very similar to his collegiate and AHL career, mostly collegiate career for Boston University. Boston University. Jordan Greenway was always more of a playmaker than a goal scorer throughout his career, and he did play a lot of center in college. And uh, He did have a hat-trick once, but, you know, it's hard to imagine Jordan Greenway having a hat-trick. But I guess, you know, everybody has their great day, I suppose, if they're good enough to do so. Fiala, again, getting the hat-trick, and you feel like a million bucks. Kaprizov getting the assist on that one. And I got to put all my hats on the couch there. I have lots of hockey hats on the couch. Atlanta, Atlanta Flames, Hartford Whalers, Minnesota Wild, of course, North Stars, um, some other hats from other sports and all that. And just flung them in the air one by one under the floor. And because the best part is I can get them back. I can pick them back up. You throw them on the ice, it's gone forever. Your $30, $40 beautiful hat you just got or you got like three years ago is gone forever. It's sad. Uh, they're, they're giving away to charity, which is nice and everything. But it is depressing to think you will never have your hat back. Uh, it's like, shoot, it's gone. But me, I can go right on the floor, pick them back up and put them back up there because they're mine, damn it. <laughs> I don't want to lose my hat. I can imagine something happens, like a hat trick. I go to a game and somebody somebody grabs my head and throws it. I'd be like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> but no. Uh, <laughs> I believe I was at the Wilds' first ever hat trick. It was anti-Mietnan. No, not an anti-Mietnan. Anti, I mean, no, it wasn't anti. Anti Laxinen. Anti Anti Laxinen had the first ever power uh, hat trick for the Minnesota Wild. I think I was at a Gabrick hat trick once, if I remember correctly. Because I mean, I haven't been, I haven't actually been at a game in forever. I've mostly been watching and commenting like this. Um, and hockey looks spectacular on TV, even though being at a game is really cool. Um, it looks spectacular on TV in the HD era, anyway. Not as much in the past. Um, but yeah, I, uh, the guy next to me threw his hat on the ice. I was, uh, was my friend Mike Holzer. Luckily, had uh, really nice tickets back then from his father, who was uh, moved, who was passed on, unfortunately, since. Um, great, great seats back in the day. And uh, the guy next to me did throw his hat on the ice on Laxinen's first uh, hat trick, his first Minnesota, the first Minnesota Wild hat trick ever. So it's it's just really exciting to get to see a hat trick happen. And it was, there was no luck involved. There was no crazy bounce. There was no empty net. It was a real power play. It wasn't a true power play. It wasn't three goals in a row only by Kevin Fiala. But hey, a power play, is, or a, a hat trick is a hat trick. And hard to believe it was his first, but I suppose he's still very young. And he was injured, this and that. And he's had several multi-point, multi-goal games and all that. But uh, this one finally ended up being the turkey, you know, the three. 
like three strikes in a row, finally ended up being the real hat trick, and that was awesome. It was awesome to see, and of all teams, to do it against the Colorado Avalanche, not like, you know, some meh team like Detroit or Ottawa or Buffalo or something like that. You got to do it against probably the best team in the NHL. Uh, you beat the Colorado Avalanche in, let's say, the second round of the postseason. You just might, you're probably, there's a good chance you're going to the cup final. There's a pretty good chance, and pray to God, pray to God in heaven, you bring it home. Just just don't lose. Please don't lose. There's no sarcasm involved with that. It's just a desire, a desire, a, a hunger. Please, don't don't be the team. Don't be like Nashville. You get there, you on a, a spectacular run, and you lose, and you never go back. And the Sharks, you never go back. It's so sad. Golden Knights have never gone back. As good as they've been, they've never gone back. You don't want to be the one that loses because it sucks. You don't know when you're going back. You don't know. So that's the sad part. Dallas Stars eventually did, but it was Dallas. Woohoo! <laughs> it took eight years to get back, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> Screw the Dallas Stars at this point. And even at that point as well. Shame on me for cheering for him, but I guess the Wild hadn't played yet, so I still felt some loyalty to him. As I ramble on and on, and I apologize. So, I talked about Fiala, Kaprizov. They're just, you know, you got your stars. You have your stars. Kaprizov has superstar potential. Fiala, at least star potential, at least. Uh, he's not as consistent as Kaprizov. That's the difference. Uh, and he's a year older, this and that, but so what? I, I still, you, you appreciate, you thank God for both of them. You really do. Uh, obviously, right now, the most exciting line on the Wild would be the power play line, the scoring line, the top power play unit with uh, Ek Kaprizov-Fiala, so to speak, Fiala on the right side. But in the future, I was thinking possibly, maybe, you know, depending on what you do with Greenway and such, maybe you let Greenway get to go to Seattle, this type of thing, or uh, obviously Susie Dumba, that's a very interesting situation there. One of those three guys is probably going to Seattle, if not Talbot, and I'm guessing it's not going to be Talbot going to Seattle. He won't be protected, but i got to think... Seattle is not going to take a 33, 34-year-old goalie. i got to think they won't, but I guess you just don't know. You just don't know in this world. Um, look at Vegas. You know, they took a, uh, an older goalie, and he's been great. He wasn't as old at the time, but up there. Um, but I was imagining Fiala on the second line with Boldy in the future. Boldy on the left, Fiala on the right. And Benino or somebody at center, somebody new, so to speak, at center. Ah, Kaprizov with Zuccarello, I guess, for now with uh, Eck, something like that. Uh, but, of course, it's okay to have Fiala with Kaprizov at the same time, uh, mix them up, shuffle the lines during the game and such. So, again, back to Talbot. This will be a little bit shorter because it doesn't need to go on and on and on, really. Talbot as I get to other, you know, the topics and such. Because I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm letting this show evolve as we go. I think it's just, I think it's wise to kind of have specific topics and such. Uh, obviously, that's something that's common sense, but... At times, I would just kind of randomly choose them as I'm doing the show rather than have a little more preparation involved. But uh, Cam Talbot obviously continues to dazzle, but I'm thinking, what about Capo? I mean, are you going to put him in ever again? Jeez. And I feel like a complete imbecile cutting Talbot on my fantasy team, by the way. I cut him because Kakinen was doing so well. I actually happened to have both of them. And it's like, I can't have two wild goalies. This is goofy. You know, it's kind of silly. Uh, Talbot had been injured. He was on the I.L., and then he came back and he struggled. So I figured, okay, Kakinen's been so great. And Talbot, he's, you know, it's probably going to be Kakinen, you know, half of the time. And when he's in there, he's so damn good. So I cut Cam Talbot. Yeah, whoops. And Kakinen hasn't really played since hardly, except for a couple of mad games. 
since since I cut Talbot. Horrible mistake, but luckily I still have Lankinen and the uh, extremely good young Russian goalie in New York uh, for the Islanders. He's, he's more of a backup as well, but he's damn good. He's, he's, he's their Kakinen, I guess. But yeah, what about Gabo? I think you need to get him in there. And I would hope in the back-to-back with St. Louis, don't play Talbot in both games. Don't play Talbot in both games. Please, Dino. I don't care if Talbot gets a shutout in, 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 uh, on the 9th, because I'm sure Talbot will start on the 9th. Capo maybe on uh, Friday. Uh, Saturday, pardon me. Sorry for the noise. The train's back again. <laughs> Welcome to the Minnesota Wild Power Play. Hey, hey, Derek. Derek, remember when I joked about that last week? Derek and others that were listening. This is the Wild Power Play right here. Welcome to the Minnesota Wild Power Play, the train. That's the lucky train. That means the Wild Power Play is going to continue to dominate, isn't it? Isn't that what that means? So, there it is. This time the window wasn't open. (laughs) Okay, I guess it wasn't either day. It was freezing last week. And today it's kind of nasty and wet. Boom, 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 boom. There they go. There it goes. That's the Wild Power Play, Canadian Pacific. 2202. So that's Kevin Fiala, 22, and I don't know about the 02 part. 56, whatever. 22. Let's just worry about 22. Kevin Fiala coming through, folks. But no, Capo Kakinen needs to start on Saturday. Start Kakinen on Saturday, please. Hands folded. Hands folded right now. You can't see me, but my hands are folded. Please start Capo. At least one of these four games coming up at the end of the day. So, is there a final topic? Yeah, it's uh, Greenway struggled a bit, especially in the Colorado game. He's, you know, he's had some not-so-good moments. He's had He's been quiet a bit, unfortunately. Uh, he had an assist this past week, but generally speaking, Greenway's definitely struggled. He's not been the same guy. You know, uh, is he? I don't want to compare him to Charlie Coyle or anything, but it is what it is. He's still third on the team in scoring because of such an amazing start, and he does get points. He gets his assists here and there. He'll play on the power play, or just he just finds his way on the scoreboard with the assist when guys like Jules Erickson X are on the geek line. Uh, but an appropriate top two scorer is now in the wild. He finally caught up after a slow start. He's finally caught up. He's finally second place. That would be Scotty Pippen, Kevin Fiala right there. Old Scotty Pippen. Or shall we call him uh, Yaramir Yager to uh, Mario Lemieux up there with Kapril Kaprizov. He's a Kirill Kapril. Kirill Kaprizov. <laughs> 16 goals, 18 assists. And talk about catching up. The goals are catching up with Kirill Kaprizov. He had way more assistant goals, kind of like a Greenway with 5 and 19 there. Now it's 16 and 18 for 34 total points. Only four points behind being a point a game player. Kirill Kaprizov. Keep it up, buddy. Keep it up. He's a plus 8 on the season. Fiala's only even. Jules Eriksenek is a plus 10. Carson Susi is a plus 17. Marcus Felino, if he ever comes back, please come back. Marcus, we missed you. He's missed so many games. Plus 13 on the club. Ian Cole is a plus 13. Oh, Ian Cole. Bring him back. Bring him back. I don't care if he scores only 5 points a year or 12 points or whatever. Bring him back. Bring him back. Bring Benino back, too. Bring those guys back. They're winners. Bring them back. You don't have to break the bank, and if they want you to break the bank, then I guess you can't bring them back. Bring them back. If it's Bukestad, probably not, but I don't know. Maybe on a two-way contract, no disrespect. It is what it is, depending on who comes in. Harmon might be too expensive. We'll see. The Mike Bodano Award winner for this week's show is Kevin Fiala, with a very strong honorable mention to Kirill Kaprizov and Cam Talbot. But Kevin Fiala is going to clinch it. He's just been so nice the last few weeks, and he's caught all the way back up. His assists are catching up with his goals, too, which is good. He's making plays for others. Obviously, he's a multifaceted guy, and he, he plays 50% offensive and defensive zone now as well. That was brought up on a recent uh, 
Judd's Hockey Show uh, uh, as, as a, in, in, as a podcast for Score North. It's been it's very interesting to see Kevin Fiala, and you're seeing it out there. Obviously, he's become a better and better defender under his uh, his uh, Milwaukee coach, Dean Evison, Milwaukee Admirals. Your James Shepard Memorial, I guess it's Jordan Greenway. It's a gentle one. I mean, I don't want to bash anybody right now. Great, great week. Victor Rask had three assists last night. Uh, generally speaking, he's been not that great. But, hey, he's, he finds his way to assists and such. Suter's dropped off, obviously, but that's how it goes. Age and all that. Suter and Parisi are way, way down there. 14 points for Suter, 13 for Parisi. Nice to see Parisi come back, but at the end of the day, just like the question that was brought up a, a couple weeks ago about who would be out, I think it was just last week's show, I think it's Parisi. Like, me and Derek were kind of like, you know, I think it's Parisi if somebody was to be eliminated from the roster, or from the active roster. When Felino comes back, and especially if Boldy ever suits up for Minnesota, but I'm pretty sure Matt Boldy will be in Iowa while the remainder of this season at the end of the day. With that said, we will wrap up this main segment the and <laughs> come back and preview four games, three of them against St. Louis, so that'll be easy. Talk about the prospects and then get to fan interaction and segment numero tres. Back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. Time to preview a bit and look at the prospects at the end of the segment. St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues, we play them three games in a row, and I would hope Capo gets at least one start out of these three, uh, and total of four here. Uh, probably Friday, uh, Saturday, pardon me. Friday would be tomorrow, of course. St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. Two games on the road, back-to-back, Friday, Saturday, and then Monday, coming back to the X with fans in the building. Tickets from $212. $212. My goodness, I guess that's what happens when it's more uh, uh, limited. $212. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And St. Louis, 63 They must allow more fans. $487 for a Saturday night game against the Sharks. $487. Okay. At least that's what it's showing on Yahoo. I, I just can't believe it. I... I, I, I my God, my, my TV didn't cost that much. Luckily, it was like a Black Friday sale, but yeah, but I don't know. That's the only Black Friday thing I ever did. I couldn't care less about most of that spending spree crap, but I, I needed a, a new TV. I wanted a smart, yeah, okay, get the idea. So, yeah, uh, Seattle, the Seattle Blues, right? <laughs> they look like they might be an expansion team right now. Okay, that's mean. They've really fallen off the map, and Bennington's not been real good. He's not been horrendous, but he certainly hasn't been good. Minnesota Wild upper body situation situation with Nick Bukestad, Matt Zicarillo lower body. I thought he played last night. He he did. Yeah, he did play last night. They're still listing him there, and of course Marcus Foligno again, probably most likely a fractured bone on his foot as of March the twelfth. So about a month already, and uh, I guess he's, he's he's skating again. So it must be healed to a point, but then it's not like strong yet. Once guys start skating, that's a good thing, but it takes time. Obviously conditioning and. Is it strong enough? It probably still hurts like hell, that kind of thing. I mean, it sucks. I'm sorry, Marcus, you know. And it's just amazing how important conditioning really is when it comes to, to hockey and all that. 
Uh, Oscar Sundqvist torn ACL as of March 19th for the St. Louis Blues. Mackenzie Eckhern upper body injury as of March the 14th. So torn ACL for Sundqvist. That sucks. And Carl Gunnarsson. Carl Gunnarsson, right knee, left the game on Feb 22nd. That's a long time ago, so most likely not a good thing. You know, right there. Crazy to think the Wild had multiple games postponed against the Blues. We played one game. We have seven remaining. Seven remaining against the Blues. We get these three here. One of them had to be the makeup. And then in a, gosh, a four-day span, we play the Blues. I guess it's a five-day span. We play the Blues three times at the end of the month, and we play them one more time. So it's actually, my goodness gracious, four games in like six days or something like that against the Blues near the end of the month there in the first day of April. Lots of Blues games coming up. The Blues have been singing the Blues until they finally beat the Vegas Golden Knights last night. Impressive win, actually. 6-1 to one for... Uh, okay, let's go back. March 28th, they lost to the Ducks 3-2. to two. They lost to Colorado twice, but in competitive fashion on the road. 3-2 to two loss and 2-1 to one loss. That's actually not bad. So at least, at least St. Louis has been respect- respectable in their losses. Uh, six to one demolition, though, due to the hands of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, who are probably furious and frustrated because they can't beat the Wild for some reason, which is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, you know, and then they beat the uh, the Blues, beat the Golden Knights, end their losing streak three to one, impressive fashion, to be quite honest. Was Bennington in net for their sake? I hope so. Yes, he was. He stopped fifty shots. Holy cow! Okay, tell me that's a joke, right? He stopped 50 shots. Is this Jake Allen versus the Wild in Game 1? 2017 with uh, Mike Yo on the bench. Let's try not to remember that. 50 shots. He stopped 50 shots. Jordan, good job. Good job. I can't imagine how frustrated Vegas was in that game. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury faced 35 shots, and he was respectable. You know, he gave up three goals, but 51 shots. 51, and he stopped 50. Him being Jordan, bleeping Bennington. Wow, impressive. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko was able to score, blah, blah, blah. Wow, okay, that's impressive. <coughs> I think we've been on the wrong end of those a few times, just just a few times. In fact, way too many times. Extremely in, uh, frustrating in the past. St. Louis Blues are 18th in goals, Wilder 12th. Goals against the Wilder, 7th. St. Louis is 23rd. Of course, they've struggled until, you know, last night. <laughs> 24th in the power play at St. Louis, 17.5. Minnesota's 27th with 14.8, but it's a red-hot power play. So I'll put an asterisk next to that. Penalty kill the Wilder, 3rd. St. Louis is 26th. 26th. That's a big difference. It's a 9% difference. That's huge. Penalty minutes the Wilder, the worst team in the league right now. We get the most penalties, and St. Louis is 18th. So, you know, two teams that get penalties... Hopefully the Wilds can play against the Blues the way we did last time around. Actually, it wasn't that impressive of a game. It's just the fact that we won. It felt good and everything. Ah, boy. <laughs> it's not the easiest matchup in the world, especially if Bennington plays like that. I imagine the save percentage just went up to the moon thanks to that game. Goals against average 2.71. It's reasonable. Save percentage almost 91 now. Because uh, I can imagine it was almost a whole percentage lower before that game. Wow, impressive. Uh, 500 on the year is Jordan Bennington. The Blues are only one game above 500 right now and out of the playoffs. So if they're going to make it, they better tear it up, and unfortunately it would be against us. So the good news is, well, we could potentially bury the Blues here in three games. Com- not completely, but potentially bury them. Like, they'll never catch us. Like, we're going to pretty much just about clinch a home, uh, clinch a, not a home, but I mean a, uh, 
playoff berth here. Just about like unofficially clinch a playoff berth here if we were to sweep them in the three games. But even to go two and one would be pretty cool. David Pellon is almost at a point a game. 38 in 39 games. Ryan O'Reilly, 34 points in 39 games. Both of them have 13 total goals. Braden Shen, solid, solid season, generally speaking. Mike Hoffman was a good addition. But, I don't know, St. Louis, there's just something not right right now. They don't look good. They're struggling. They're in the bottom half of every category, every single category. Uh, but, again, very impressive performance by Bennington against the Golden Knights. Insanely impressive. They must not have all been the best shots, the best scoring chances, because sometimes that's how it is. The numbers are just way up on the moon. And who knows, maybe it was just Bennington's night, and he's realizing how, you know, they are literally at the, they're literally on the cusp of being knocked out completely here. Uh, they got to play us now. Talbot had his uh, 2 nothing shutout last time around. We'll see if we can get another one out of all this. I do believe Talbot will start on Friday. Uh, Kappa will start Saturday, and then it'll be Talbot again on Monday. It's just that's probably going to be the pattern here. Kakadin's got to play at least one game. You can't just go with Talbot like a thousand games in a row here. Obviously, it's not been like that, but we don't want to turn him into a Dubnik. We don't. His personality is not that of a Dubnik. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. And I mean that sincerely because, you know, we, me and me and Derek talked about it last week. Dubnik was not a good teammate, generally. He probably could be, but generally he wasn't. The, the, he, he sent all the wrong signals, and he did it way too many times. Talbot and Kakanen are sending all the right signals. And it's stuff like that that really helps in the locker room. It's why we don't get into long losing streaks. It's why you don't see players just kind of looking for themselves out there. Like it was the case a lot of times in the past, except for in the furious rallies. We're going to pull off a miracle comeback that falls short. But but at least we but at least we tried. You know, that nonsense. I think the Wild go 2-1 and one against the Blues. I cannot pick a 3-0 sweep. I want to. Boy, do I want to. But I can't. St. Louis is, is desperate. St. Louis is hungry. Bennington is, is, you know, looks like he's turning the corner. Maybe. Maybe it was just one night, though. But I feel the Wild, let's say if, hmm, I don't know. Either Friday or Monday. But I, I think Capo is going to have a really good game. I think he might actually get a shout-out or keep the Blues to one. Capo's got to be hungry. He's got to be ready to go. And I think he's going to have a really good Saturday. I think that's when, that one I am picking the Wild to win for sure. I'm going to go with the Wild, defeat the uh, the Wild defeat the Blues in the first two, and then the Blues beat the Wild something like three to two, three to two, three to one, two to one, low scoring game on Monday. Most likely guy to score on Friday will be Fiala. Saturday will be Kaprizov, and Monday, let's go with, <laughs> uh, let's go with. It's a tough choice. Maybe I'll go with Jules Eriksson. That will score. But the Wild end up not winning. It'll be kind of a frustrating two to one, three to two type of game. Maybe three to one, empty netter for St. Louis. But the Blues end up winning one game out of the three. So now I move on to the Arizona Coyotes, who are in the postseason right now because the Blues have dropped off and Arizona's playing a little bit better. Three games above 500 in a lot of situations. A team like St. Louis or teams like uh, Arizona would not be in the postseason. They have a pretty decent goalie tandem, but they have a goalie trio. I kind of like Aiden Hill. A lot of people kind of push him to the side. Antti Ranta, I always liked him. I thought he was a wonderful addition to Arizona, but he's been lousy ever since he suited up for them. Goals against averages over three. Great save percentage, but I guess he's been snake bit. Darcy Kemper, as funny as this might sound, he's the franchise goalie for Arizona. Yeah, I know it sounds funny, but only as a Minnesota Wild fan it sounds funny. As an NHL fan, it's like, yeah, he's pretty damn good. 
Jacob Shikran has just been unbelievable. What a wonderful addition. What a wonderful, well, addition from within as he's de developed. He was a prospect that developed into something pretty damn good for the Arizona Coyotes. Jacob Shikran, 29 points, 12 goals, 12 goals. What the hell? None of, only one of them was on the power play, but eight assists were on the power play. Come on, get him on the power play more often, damn it. <laughs> what are you doing, right? Okay, well, it is what it is. I'm surprised 11 of his goals were in regulation, or in uh, full strength, excuse me. Full strength. That's strange, man. That's weird. Phil Kessel and Derek Brassard are leading the team in power play goals with four each. Uh, uh, Trish and Dvorak has got five, excuse me. But um, yeah, but Oliver ekman Larson has more power play points than uh, Jacob Sikrin. Still, Jacob Sikrin's been wonderful on the power play. Just weird that he doesn't have his goals. Strange. Darcy Camper, 2.29 goals against everybody. He has struggled against Minnesota hysterically. Aiden Hill, historically, pardon me. Aiden Hill has been a little bit of a trap against the Wild in the past. He's been a, he's, 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 he's not bad. He's a nice young prospect for Arizona. I think he's the goalie of the future, long term, eventually. Or at least a, a, a nice solid backup for a long time. Uh, who t ends up being a starter eventually. For the Arizona Coyotes. They have been playing a bit better. They've won three out of their last five. As they try to bring them up here. April 14th. That would be Chloe the Cat's 31st birthday. Okay, who cares? Yeah, I know none of you care, right? <laughs> if she was still alive. Wild beat the Arizona Coyotes. Wow. Well, if it was a playoff series, the Wild had won in five. Four games to one. Five to one victory in the first game. Five to two demolition derby. Arizona crushed us. I think Aiden Hill was in that, maybe. Minnesota Wild shut out the Arizona Coyotes. I do believe that was Kakinen. And then a 4-1 to one victory over Arizona semi-recently. A 3-0, to zero, the most recent one. That was most likely Talbot, if I remember. Yeah, it was Talbot recently. 3 to nothing. We've beaten Arizona pretty damn good. Just that one 5-2 crushing a while back was our only loss. Arizona is, like I said, 3 out of their last 5. They lost to Colorado. That was the one, the 9-goal the nine game. Good God. Good God. It must have been anti-Ranta. <laughs> it probably was. He probably faced about 70 shots in that game, too. 9-3 to three demolition derby. Colorado over Arizona saying, you're not making the playoffs, and if you do, guess what? Get your brooms out. Get your brooms out. <laughs> you're, you're out of here. You got the dustpan waiting and all that. We're going to... Yeah, you get the idea. Wow. Well, that's probably about how that series would go, sadly. I think Arizona would get swept or beaten in five. It would be like Wild versus the Blackhawks in, the first, in our first playoff series in a while. You know, remember that? When it was 5-1 to one and Colorado just, just stomped all over us. That was crappy. But at least we made it. Yay. Yay. 9-3. Uh, to three. Okay. April 2nd, 4-2 four to two, four to win for Arizona. 3-2 to two win for Arizona two days later on April 4th. April 5th, back-to-back. 5-2 five to, five to two win over the LA Kings. And then they lost to Los Angeles last night. 4-3. to three. I got to look at that 9-3 demolition, though. That's That's harsh. There's no way there was only one goalie in the net in that night, though. There's no way, right? Aiden Hill? What the heck, man? What the heck? What the heck, Aiden? You gave up four four goals and six shots, and they took him out, and then uh, that, uh, who was that, the fourth guy with the Russian name gave up uh, the rest. Ouch. I gave up five goals and 28 shots. Oh, Aiden, what happened? Yeah, Ivan Prosvetov. Prosvetov. Aiden, what happened, buddy? What happened, Aiden? Aye, aye, aye. Jonas Dunskoy got a hat trick in the game. 
Landeskog, two goals. Ah, you get the idea. Screw the screw the Avalanche. Kale McCarr, no points. Come on, Kale. You're on my fantasy team, buddy. Come on, Kale. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> no points. Wow, man. Kale McCarr, no points. I think the Wild beat Arizona, though. I think the Wild beat Arizona. It's a wonderful matchup. It's got, it reeks, it could be a trap game. It really could. We'll see. Uh, Jordan Osterley, undisclosed injury. That's nice. April the 5th. Tyler Pitlick, former Gopher. Former Gopher, Tyler Pitlick. Lower body injury as of the 25th of March. Nicholas Jalmerson, the former Blackhawks standout uh, defenseman. Not a scorer, but an unbelievable, solid stay-at-home defenseman out with the upper body injury as of March the 23rd. So it's been about a week already for that guy. Jalmerson, Nicholas Jalmerson, remember? Connor Garland's leading the club in scoring with 30. Shikren with 29. Clayton Keller, who was supposed to be a franchise player for them, has not really bad. And he's okay. 29 points in 40 games. He's just good. Tyler Pidlick, the former golfer in Minnesota Connection, 11 total points, 6 goals in 33 games. Alex Galagoski, former golfer defenseman, 10 points, 1 to 9. So goals versus assists, so to speak, during his time. And Johan Larson, former Buffalo Sabre and Minnesota Wild prospect, who was traded in the Pominville trade many, many moons ago. Ten points. Johan Larson getting to double digits. The fourth line center for the Arizona Coyotes and Buffalo Sabres. Getting to double digits. All right. <laughs> That's what kind of career it's been for him. I'm just being honest. It's Yeah, getting to double digits is something for Mr. Johan Larson. He was a pretty disappointing second-round pick long-term there. With that, uh, Minnesota beats the Arizona Coyotes. Shoot, 5-3. to three. We're going to score some goals in the game. We're going to score some goals. Maybe we'll go with 4-2. to two. Minnesota beats Arizona 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score. Does Zach Parisi find the back of the net finally again? I, I'll say yes. Zach Parisi will find the back of the net again for the first time in forever. But he will score against the Arizona Coyotes. Wild win. 4-2 to two and go 3-1 and one again against St. Louis and Arizona, and you got to take advantage of this situation and bury these teams. So, you know, there's no doubt whatsoever the Wild missed the, uh, missed the playoffs. Wild are not going to miss the playoffs. There's no doubt whatsoever the Wild make the playoffs, to say it more correctly. Let's get to the prospects now, eh? And, as per usual, we'll open things up with the Iowa Wild, if humanly possible. As, unfortunately, pretty much all of the Euroleagues are wrapped up. The postseason and such, like a Brennan Mantle, he had seven points in five playoff games, but it's all over. 38 points in 47 games for Dynamo Minsk, so we're done with that at the moment. So the Euroleagues are quiet now, unfortunately. It is what it is. Hey, at least they played. Uh, Iowa Wild would be nice if I could get that up as I dance all over the place. Bryce Misley, couple of points. couple of points for Bryce Misley. Very happy for him. A goal and an assist so far. For the Iowa Wild, it is uh, a very happy time for me because, you know, I, I like seeing Bryce Misley succeed. I felt bad for him. Uh, it wasn't going so well in the University of Vermont. Uh, already two points in five games in the professional level. So, hey, you know, ho hoping for the best there. Gabriel Dumont continues to lead the club. A point-a-game guy. Again, he's kind of like uh, Cal O'Reilly last year for the club. And nice to see Gerald Mayhew getting some action again as he'd been pretty much taxi squad guy, so he hadn't been playing at all. Eight points in ten games for Jerry, old Uncle Jerry Mayhew there. <laughs> Uncle for some people, I guess. Mason Shaw continues to be productive. Solid, obviously, again, the three ACLs over the course of his career. That's always brought up. He's been very productive for Iowa, ten points in 16 games. Kalen Addison just continues to be spectacular. Uh, 
14 points in 17 games. He's had several multi-point games, usually assists, but now he's starting to score some goals as well. Had a very solid week. Hunter Jones. Remember last week when I was celebrating Hunter Jones getting all the way down to only one goal and a victory for Iowa? He had a shout-out this past week. Hunter Jones has gone full circle for the Iowa Wild. Derek Barebo obviously has not been playing. It's just been Hunter Jones every night. Joel Rumble has not been playing. Rumpelstiltskin Joel has not been playing. Hunter Jones, 12 games Incredible experience for him, and good job. Way to stick with it, Hunter. I mean, seriously. And that was against a pretty solid team, too. Uh, kept Rockford down to one goal, and now the shutout. Uh, I believe that was Texas. I'm getting them mixed up, but uh, they got the shutout one way or another very recently. Um, save percentage is still questionable. Goals against average is 4.21. You look at that, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, but think about it. His first couple of games, he gave up like 11. You know, he gave up like he gave up like 15 goals in his first two games or something like that. It was harsh. It might even be like 17. And I'm not trying to be a jerk and exaggerate. It's just the way it was. It was rough. Way to stick with it. 19-year-old Hunter Jones, who would have been in the OHL right now. OHL. And he's in the AHL. Slight jump there. Slight jump. Slight. But a great job. Connor DeWare, everybody praises what he can do out there, including Derek Felska and such. Um, he's out there in all situations. Power play, penalty kill. He scores. He's been wonderful. Second on the team in goals with eight, 14 points in 18 games. Connor DeWare, a lot of people do believe he will be with the Minnesota Wild someday. Uh, Manitoba, just like he's from Manitoba, just like Kalen Addison is a hill year younger than him. And Damian Giroux continues to step up and play very well as well. Very cool. 14 points for him. Also from Sudbury, Ontario. It's like the Sudbury Wolves, right? <laughs> Mitchell Chavez is only 22, and he's got 10 points. And they're all assists for him so far. No goals, and he's a, he's, he's a forward. Crazy. The right winger. Tyler Sheehy, the former Gophers standout. Just minor leaguer right now, unfortunately. Four, uh, only five points in 13 games. He's been banged up a bit. Nice to see uh, Mr. Louis Belpedio playing, but he's been, you know, mildly productive. Three points. He had a point this past week. Happy for him there. He was able to score his first goal. That's good. And again, Price Misley. Misley, as I'm pronouncing it correctly, finally, he scored his first professional goal. Good job. In only five games, he's got two points already. Very thrilled for number nine, Bryce Misley of the Iowa Wild. Good job. Dimitri Sokolov has all but completely vanished. Man, I was so excited about him. Sudbury Wolves and all that, and the other teams he got to play with. 22 years old still, but only 4 points in 14 games. Been banged up, and it's kind of sad. I feel bad about that. I, you know, I'm dagnabbit. I, I like him, so that kind of sucks. I like Soklov. I had hopes for him, but um, I don't know, man. I'll talk about college here in a second. Hovenov, guys like that, all waiting. Jack McBain's season is over, of course, with uh, Matthew Boldy will be debuting with the Iowa Wild tomorrow night. All right, Matthew Boldy, let's go. So let's go. Sounds like a really nice kid too. He's been on the he was on the radio twice this past week, I believe with PA and then with uh, Beyond the Pond. Uh, really cool. Really like him. Sounds like a really nice kid and multiple relatives follow the Brave the Wild Twitter. What an honor. Thank you so much for those of you if you just happen to be listening. If you just happen to be listening, God bless you, and God bless Matt Boldy. Hope I hope the career is awesome. I, I really do. Ryan O'Rourke, by the way, six points. The uh, young prospect who's been in the AHL all year as well because the OHL is just not, you know, they're not going to play. It's April already. They're not going to play, so they got some professional experience, Ryan O'Rourke and Hunter Jones. Good for them. Damian Hunt, uh, his, uh, the WHL has been playing, which also means Mr. Spokane Chiefs, Adam Beckman. But let's get to Damian Hunt first. 
he has been insanely productive. How about Damon Hunt after being, you know, he was adequate his first couple of years with Moose Jaw, and then he was in the uh, Manitoba Junior Hockey League for a, a spell. He had five points in only three games. He's got ten points now for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Five goals, five assists. He's a minus eight, though, so they must be struggling. But he's putting up the points. Good job, Damon Hunt. Might be a wonderful third-round pick for Minnesota. Sometimes I forget. He was a third-round pick. That's kind of high. Third round. Huh. I always thought of him as a little lower, but I guess the Wild were trading around all over the place. So, yeah, Pablo Novak's the fifth-round pick, and his season's over. Uh, he was all right. He was solid in the postseason there, but uh, I think he's got a ways to go, unfortunately. First off, of course, his season's been over for a long time. Adam Beckman, one of the feature presentations. He had a couple of points last night in a victory for the Spokane Chiefs. He's now at seven points in eight games. His production is, is climbing. Good for him. Four goals, three assists, and he is a minus eight. What's going on with the Chiefs? He was a plus 44 last year. They must be sucking. Plus 44. So, unfortunately, an extremely late start to the season. I don't even know when their season's going to end, how long it's going to go. Probably not nearly as long as it would normally. <laughs> not enough time to get to 100 points this year. See if he gets to 40 or 50, depending on the amount of games for Adam Beckman. Obviously, it looks like a potential stud, though, long-term for Minnesota. Still 19 years of age. He turns 20 on May the 10th, does Adam Beckman. Looking forward to a long, productive career in the NHL, hopefully. Hopefully, as a middle six, if not a top a top liner type of guy, top, top six or something like that. Um, really looking forward to seeing what he can do as we move forward. With that, we'll talk a bit about the Frozen Four. You got Sam Hench's. Is it, I think it's Henches because, well, there's a uh, the vice president of operations at Boston Scientific was named Dale Henches. He's no longer with that uh, building. but So I, I would think it's Henches. Everybody calls him Henches, but maybe maybe it's a different version of the name. I have no idea. Doesn't matter, does it? Um, obviously, Boston College got eliminated. But UMass, there will be no Philip Lindbergh, and their star score won't be available either. Philip Lindbergh is out with COVID-19. Can you believe it? Going into the Frozen Four versus the Duluth, the Duluth Bulldogs. I keep wanting to call them the Blue Devils. I'm crazy. He had a career high in goals against average, career best in goals against average. Excuse me, 1.33, four shutouts. Wow, and he was really good in the uh, in the uh, in the tournament. The couple games he played in, nine and one on the year was uh, Philly Lindbergh. We'll see if he goes back next year to college. I'm thinking maybe goals against average under two his entire time there. Save percentage way up in like 93 plus. Espo Finland native. I wrote my very first uh, Gone Puck Wild column about Philip Lindbergh. Check it out if and when you feel like it. Uh, wow. What, you know, I, I, I feel terrible. It would have been nice to see him maybe knock off Duluth and go to the final game against St. Cloud or Mankato. And it's just not going to happen. They have a capable goalie in Matthew Murray as long as he's healthy. And we'll see. Um, at least they're fortunate there. Uh, Trevingo, I believe, is the one that's out. And that's a crying shame. Or is it that uh, Carson? Yeah, with 17 goals. That's who it is. Um, 17 goals in the season. He's also out. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough go. If UMass Amherst is going to win a national championship, it'd be quite a gutty performance if they're able to survive the uh, two-time national champion Duluth Bulldogs. Obviously, Nick Sweeney is playing in either his last or second-last game. This is tonight, by the way. The Frozen Four is tonight. The two games, and then the final is on Saturday. Lakeville, Minnesota, just like Neil, Nate Dog, Thiesing. His name is still on the title, and it always will be. Always will be. The former co-host of the show who passed away on February 7th, 2018. 
God rest his soul forever, man. Uh, Nick Sweeney. Yeah, 27 points in 27 games. He was a point-a-game player. Like uh, Derek was saying, though, yeah, it was a career high in points and everything. But yeah, he puts up so many shots and he doesn't score a whole lot. But I think he's a capable guy. And it's nice that he does shoot. Right? That's a good thing. Maybe he's maybe he's like Parisi where he'd get like nine shots and hopefully he gets one goal out of it. Hopefully. <laughs> but I like Nick Sweeney. He's had, He's been clutch. He's had some big moments here and there. He's one of the leaders of the club. He's, he's got alternate captain. And we'll see what happens. Minnesota Duluth, good luck to them. Scott Sandlin going against Ryan Sandlin, potentially in the championship game, should uh, Mankato and Duluth face off for the final. Would be really something. Nick Sweeney did lead the club in scoring, tying uh, with uh, Jackson Gates, both of them getting 27 and 27. Um, I'm a a big fan uh, of Nick Sweeney. Hoping for the best there. Ryan Fante is the main goalie there. Obviously different from Shepard a year ago, but still a chance to be spectacular. Fanti actually was the one that uh, took over, wasn't he, in that big moment. Uh, yeah, Zach Stetzel was, was worn out, and then Fanti took over, and he was great down the stretch. It's kind of been back and forth, because Stetzel's been super good late in the season and such. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens in that, these, these two games, Duluth and UMass. I'm thinking Duluth wins. If they can get past North Dakota, I guess they're going to win. <laughs> like it or not, Duluth's going to win the game and go to the championship, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Mankato St. Cloud is a different story. Sam Henches, we'll see. Obviously, he's been all over the place. He's a gritty, tough guy. He was on PA the other day. Pretty cool guest, actually. Uh, 16 points in 27 games. His numbers have not been as good. It was, you know, He's just been down a bit this year, unfortunately. But he's a, he's a gritty, solid player. He's, yeah, he's hopefully got a future. I mean, he'll, he'll be in the AHL for sure. We'll see how my, well he translates. He was a seventh-round pick. So was Sweeney, to be fair. But I think Sweeney might have NHL potential. Henches, Henkes, however you want to say it, might, maybe. Uh, St. Cloud State, can they gut it out and beat Mankato? I think it's a Sandlin final, folks. I think Mankato's the toughest team to beat, and I got a feeling they're going to win the national championship. I got a feeling Mankato's going to win the national championship. So just in case, Black Space Gaming, Sebastian Barton's listening as he wanted to tease me about all Oh, they're way better than us and stuff. Yeah, this year it looks like it. Looks like it. I got a feeling Mankato wins the national championship. They've been, you know, they've been so difficult. The only team they struggled against really was Quinnipiac, and they survived. They overcame. They're kind of like maybe this year's Washington Capitals in a way, where the Capitals just couldn't get past the frickin' Penguins, and then they finally did, and they won the cup. And if the Wild ever got past the bleeping Blackhawks, they probably would have won the cup too. But we didn't. Just like the Twins with the World Series and the Yankees and all that. Well, guess what? <laughs> you know, the Twins didn't have to worry about the Yankees in 91 and uh, 87. The Twins were way the frick better than the Yankees in those years. Um, I think Mankato wins the National Championship this year. That's just my guess. But uh, it'd be pretty crazy to see Minnesota Duluth be the first three-peat in 70 years. 70 years. Uh, 70-ish. And... Uh, my goodness. My goodness. Well, it could happen. If anybody can do it, it's Minnesota Duluth. They're consistent. They're tough. They're solid. If anybody can beat Mankato, it's Minnesota Duluth. I don't think St. Cloud does. A lot of people think St. Cloud's going to win the game. Not from what I saw. Not from what I saw. I, I think Mankato goes to the championship versus Duluth. And I think Mankato wins. That's just my guess. But uh, we'll see. So Duluth will actually have two losses to bookend their... Uh, little miniature dynasty here. Well, it's not miniature. It is a dynasty. Uh, they lost with Carson Soucy, then they won the two in a row. They didn't get to finish last year. And then uh, maybe they finish it off with a loss, unfortunately. 
this year to Mankato. We'll see what happens. With that, we'll take a break and get to fan interaction. Segment number three, it's time for fan interaction. That means it's all about you guys. That's crazy. Go for Coach Glenn Mason used to say, you guys are the ones that speculate. No, yep, yep, that's what that's what we do in the media. We speculate, though I might not be typical media for multiple reasons. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, Brian Herrera is going to lead things off because he didn't put hashtag BTWMN, so I don't want to lose it. So it's like right here on the top. Let's just go right away. That's again, it's an interesting question at the very least. He says, if Talbot gets taken in the expansion draft, will the Wild give Hunter Jones a look at backup or look for a journeyman backup? I think they're going to go for the latter at that stage. If they end up losing Cam Talbot to Seattle, I don't think he's going to get picked up by them. It's going to probably be Greenway, Susie, or Dumba, depending on who gets protected and such. And I think it's Dumba. Unless we're able to trade Dumba away first to a different team, not to Seattle. Don't let them rip us off. <laughs> like like the Vegas Golden Knights did, but I, I Dumba, we're, we're gonna probably have to we're gonna try to get something for him, and then it goes down to Greenway versus Susie. I'm thinking. I think those are the two guys that are most likely to go, and the hope is there maybe we could protect more players if say uh, Ryan Suter can wave his uh, no move clause so we could protect Dumba or Susie, but probably Dumba unless Dumba's traded away anyway. We'll see. I got to think we're going to need an open spot for uh, Kalen Addison at some point. Kalen Addison's doing really well in the AHL already. That's a great sign. And then, of course, Zach Parisi. I mean, they're not going to get taken with those contracts and their age, and especially Parisi. He's not going to get taken by the Seattle Kraken. There's just no way. Um, Talbot might get taken. I mean, it's not impossible. Obviously, you know, we've seen veteran goalies do well on these expansion teams, obviously, we, you know. But uh, Minnesota. I don't think we got Manny up through expansion. Jamie McLennan we did. Manny we did not. Well, we took uh, Terreri, the former New Jersey Devil goalie. Chris Terreri, I think was his name. And then uh, Mike Vernon, the legendary Calgary Flames goalie. And we released him right away. I, I'm not sure what the point of that was other than just to take somebody, you know, and then just release him right away. We didn't want the contract or the age. And he went out at a very strong final season with the Calgary Flames. He went back to Calgary. Uh, for one final season and did very well, Mike Vernon. Um, I don't think Talbot gets taken by them, but I guess you never know. I, I don't know. Uh, Fleury obviously was a really big name already and he was frustrated because he was being a backup to Matt Murray in Pittsburgh after winning a couple of cups there um, with Matt Murray and that. Uh, Fleury got the first one with Pittsburgh in 09. Uh, the new group with the new group anyway, obviously Lemieux got a couple before that with uh, Tom Barrasso, sorry. But uh, I don't believe Talbot gets taken. And if Hunter, jo- yeah, Hunter Jones, I don't think he's ready to be an NHL backup yet. Uh, but, hey, he might be able to stay in Iowa. We'll see. But I'm sure there's going to be, uh, I'm sure there's still a rule where he'll have to play in the OHL next year, which is kind of crazy. He'll probably freaking dominate, though, most likely. Obviously, his age is so young. Yeah, but there's been no OHL, so he's been on loan all year. Uh, cool question, though. Cool question. Thank you, Brian. And welcome again to the show. I appreciate you. I just cannot shake this cough. I shook the cold a good 
almost a week ago, but the cough just won't go away for some reason. Jay Bushy, welcome back to the show, Jay. He says, and again, hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN, it will be in the show description as well. Jay says, now that we're starting to hear better reports that Rossi is doing better, do you feel he's better playing with Cap or Fiala? With his skill set and Fiala's needs, so to speak, and and Kaprizov's ability to kind of be, to kind of make plays for himself, I'll say Fiala. Um, I'll say Fiala. And of course, Rossi is most likely to be a second-line center starting things out. Not because he's not top-line material, and not because uh, Fiala's not top-line material. And of course, you want to balance the roster, this and that, balance the top six, where hopefully you get to a point where the top six is so good, it's like either one could be considered the top-line anyway. Hopefully it gets to that point someday, like a Boldy, Fiala, guys like that with Rossi. Ooh, ooh, that'd be good. And then maybe uh, start off things with, uh, depending on if somebody else emerges or you make some trade and get super fortunate somehow or free agent acquisition Ryan Nugent Hopkins or something crazy like that uh, could center uh, Zuccarillo and Kaprizov on a line I mean who knows maybe that'll be considered the number two who knows but Rossi Fiala Boldy someday sounds pretty pretty exciting actually cool question thank you for that uh, obviously there that was a nice one so oh that was super old wow. why is it showing ones from 2020 Sheesh, Ty Sandstrom. Did I read this last week? I better have. This is a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to read this. For some reason, I feel like I didn't see it. I apologize if I didn't. So just in case, Ty Sandstrom says, why aren't the Wild just throwing out their natural... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, he's talking about getting up. I, I remember reading that one a few weeks back. I wish this would just go in chronological order, but it doesn't, so bear with me as I continue to dig. Um... It's frustrating. March 24th. <laughs> but that's how it goes. Unless nobody asks any questions. I, I know I could at least get something going via the uh, notifications. There's there's a lot going on in there, actually. Um, what is going on here? With that said, though, I'm just going to keep going here again. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Finally, right when I was going to have change the topic for a second. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat here. Derek Felska says... With the New York Islanders trading for veterans Travis Zajac uh, and Kyle Palmieri, yeah, remember that name? We had the we had the uh, other version of Palmieri, it wasn't any good. <laughs> Not that guy, as the other one years ago. Uh, does that pretty much close the door on any possibility of the Minnesota Wild trading the currently unhappy Zach Parisi? I think so. Unfortunately, I think so. Uh, unless there's some other team out there that I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think Ulu Amarillo is going to make that move anymore. Unless, again, it's just dead contract for dead contract. Literally, Andrew Ladd for Parisi. Because they're talking about, oh, that'd be a pointless trade. Well, I mean, I don't know. That might be what's going to happen at this point, at best. You're going to probably get a dead contract in return. Just like Parisi's just about just about a dead contract already at this stage. kind of sucks, doesn't it? But, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, Derek Felsen continues, at crease and assist, at crease and assist. Again, great writer for crease and assist. He created that uh, hockey blog, him and his wife, uh, Teresa Ferries, says, well, that's interesting. Uh, she, she, she she writes usually the previews for the Wild Games, and then Derek Felska writes the reviews, and then obviously other articles during the course of the season and offseason and such. I think Teresa, February 24th, I'm beginning to wonder if I actually read this one. Is the renaissance of the, okay, yep, Los Angeles Kings, yep. 
I think they'll stumble while it matters, yes. Um, Derek Falska says, while the pandemic has brought a lot of changes, are there any changes to the NHL format that you'd actually keep? If so, which ones? Hmm. Some people might not like the divisions. I kind of think they're kind of cool. Any change in the NFL, NHL format you'd actually keep? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I'm trying to think now. Because, hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to just be stuck playing the same division all year. That I don't think anybody likes that. You want to be able to say Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Montreal, Calgary. I mean, I can't believe we're not even playing Calgary. It, it's weird. I miss playing the Calgary Flames, Vancouver Canucks. So I would not keep that, obviously. Uh, no fans in the building are definitely not going to keep that, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Don't get mad at me for saying that. Well, obviously there's some fans now. I'm trying to think now. Like, what would I keep? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, it, it would be kind of cool if, if it just became like Campbell and Prince of Wales Conference again, in a way, where, I mean, obviously the Eastern Conference became became the Prince of Wales, so to speak. You know, that's that's the trophy they get, and we get the Campbell Trophy here in the West. It was kind of cool, though, where there was no West and East, but the travel, this and that, that's the last thing you want is uh, more travel. So, I don't know. I think I'd go back where we were, if, if we can, if we're allowed to. I think I'd go back where we were. It's seeming to be okay for the NFL and, and baseball. Obviously, players and NBA. Obviously, players get sick and this and that. The one thing I'd keep... Okay, here we go. The one thing I would keep is we play the same team together more often, especially division rivals, like back-to-backs against the same club or like, say, Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Friday. That I'd keep, where we're playing the same team closer together, like little mini-series. That I'd keep. I'd keep the mini-series. It's less travel. It's It builds rivalries. I mean, look at Minnesota and Vegas. Did you ever consider Las Vegas a rival? Well, they're a rival now. They are a rival. Uh, there's no question about that. It's really cool. In Colorado, they're a rival too. Regardless if they got two cups and we don't, they're a rival because we knocked them out twice in the postseason in the past. They are a rival, if they like it or not. Um, they can laugh at us until the cows come home. They are a rival. And they have not won the Stanley Cup since we've beaten them in the playoff series, even back to 03. So they cannot, they cannot argue that. So I would keep that. That's the one thing I'd keep is the closer schedule but, of course, I want to be able to play everybody again, at least twice, you know, home away. Pittsburgh, Montreal, you know, you could go on forever. Montreal, Canadiens, <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays, Maple Leafs, I'm just teasing. Toronto Maple Leafs, Calgary Flames, I missed it, man. Boston Bruins, we had some interesting games against the Bruins. And, of course, North Star history, we all know about that 40-year-old memory there. That's pretty fascinating. So, great question. Thank you very much indeed. Derek again, and we get to hear from Justin Bakke again. That's going to be great. Thank you. Well, great to have him back. And thank you, Derek, uh, for bringing him back as well in a way by, you know, like mentioning him and such. Always appreciate that. And Justin, I understand you're busy and all that. We're all busy, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have a hard time keeping up with everyone's show, and I apologize if I sound demanding. Please join the show. <laughs> Derek Felska says, the NCAA Frozen Four is supposed to wrap up this weekend. Three out of the four teams feature Minnesota Wild prospects. Which of those prospects do you think will have the best weekend, even if their team may not win, end up not winning at all? I'm going to go with Nick Sweeney. I was going to say Philip Lindbergh. I had a feeling he might have been a hero and win the national championship. But guess what? It's, he's out. I was going to say Philip Lindbergh. But obviously, already by the time this was posted from Derek, 
Philip Lindbergh is already out. So, unfortunately, there will be no Philly Lindbergh, which really sucks. I think it might have been right about the same day, actually, the April 7th, April 6th. I think it was the same day. It was very recent. I'm going to go with Nick Sweeney. I think he's going to be a possible hero here. Too bad Mankato doesn't have a, a wild prospect. We never have, have we, in Mankato? Uh, Mankato and North Dakota teams like that, that have been really big time. Denver, I think we had... Zucker. I think Jason Zucker was on Denver, if I remember correctly. That's one of the great dynasties of uh, college hockey, historically. Uh, Denver, North Dakota, Wisconsin's got six national championships. God, what is Wisconsin not ahead of us in? Uh, World Series, which is great. We appreciate that. No World Series for Milwaukee, except when they were the Milwaukee Braves way back in the day. They they won at least one World Series, but we're still ahead even even with that. Ha ha. But Packers... Badgers in every freaking sport. Uh, even hockey. I can't believe it. Bullcrap, isn't it? I think they don't have a baseball team, though, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because they put more money in the other teams, and those teams are doing great. Uh, Nick Sweeney, sorry, long story longer. Justin Bucky, I babble too much, <laughs> but I, I enjoy it sometimes. Justin Bucky of Sound the Foghorn, and of course, MNW Prospects. Very proud to be a part of that page. Justin Bucky keeps up with, I think he's the college guy. I think he's the college guy, and then Brandon Quast is the uh, AHL guy, AHL, ECHL guy when it comes to the page. Pavel Manette's the Euro. Uh, he keeps up with the Euro, and of course, all three of them kind of keep up with all, all the stuff, but those are the guys that officially write for those pages, and I'm the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and BCHL, and both of those leagues have not been playing. So, But very proud to be a part of that page. Apologize, have been invisible, but the two leagues I cover have not been visible. Okay, Justin Bakke says. And of course, he's a Minnesota Duluth fan, and good luck this weekend. Good luck this weekend, Justin. If you're, uh, depending on when you're listening, maybe Duluth's already three-peated. <laughs> How disappointed are you that Lindbergh won't be playing in the Frozen Four, and do you see him coming back his senior year? Are you getting the feeling that 11's days are numbered here? That would be crazy. Yep. Do you think Boldy gets some time with the pro team this season? First, with Lindbergh, I'm very disappointed. I'm very sad. I had a feeling he might have been the outstanding player of the tournament. I had a sneaky feeling Lindbergh was going to be the guy the guy of the tournament. But uh, now I, I guess not. It might end up being Nick Sweeney. Maybe maybe Matthew Murray will help save the day. But um, I know nobody on earth listening wants UMass to win, but I would have been okay with it if Phil Lindbergh was the goalie. I, I, I'm fond of that guy. I think he's going to be great. Um, he's going to be at least an outstanding backup. It's just there's something about Lindbergh. He's just so good, so steady. Um, am I getting the feeling 11 days are numbered here? Yes. Zach Parisi's days are numbered. I gotta think, his production has vanished up the face of the earth. I mean, Suter's days are numbered as well, eventually, but at least he's still fairly productive, and he's got the quick trip commercials, too, where he looks very sincere when he is stirring up that uh, food, but never takes a bite. Sincerity. Do I think Boldy gets some time with the pro team this season? No. I'm, I'm gonna say no at, at this moment. I could be wrong, but I'll say no. I think they want to let him kind of get his feet wet with Iowa first. Maybe at the very last second, just for the postseason. That would be the only way. I think maybe only for the playoffs, especially if we're thin, particularly in the left-wing positions, which sounds impossible. But <laughs> but there's a lot of players that don't really score on, on this roster. There's a lot of guys like Nick Bukestad and, and, and but, you know, Bukestad, Benino, guys like that, that don't really score a whole lot. Rask, you know, they'll score here and there. Uh, where Boldy might be able to bring a little bit extra. If Boldy does play, it'll be the postseason, in my opinion. In my opinion, we'll see. 
And I should uh, comment on some of their other shows as well. I apologize that I haven't. April 1st, that was last week's show. Derek says, got the question on the mind. Tom Haynes shared one in March. Tom Haynes calling you out. Where are you, buddy? I, I miss Tom Haynes. Okay, um, and then Derek shared that uh, Brian Herrera just a couple minutes ago. Thank you. Yep, thank you, Derek. And I guess that's it for that. But I do believe there's more notifications. I think Derek actually responded to Mr. Uh, oh, there's plenty of notifications because of last night's crazy game. Wow. There's some anyway. Yep, yeah, Derek, I was saying before before Fiala's hat trick, right, there were hats were still on the couch. After Fiala's hat trick, they're on the floor. Of course, I set that up a certain way, but I had to have fun. Derek was saying, because you can, you can visibly see my, uh, you can see my NES Classic, SNES Classic and PlayStation Mini. He said, you didn't have to throw your Nintendo Mini, SNES Mini, and PlayStation Mini, too. And I, I was telling him, well, luckily, the impact didn't seem to do enough damage, or it didn't do any damage, luckily. There wasn't too much impact. Old Biff from the future was saying, that's awesome, and he joined. Thank you very much, sir followed, and I followed back. Great guy. Uh, Jay Bushy says, yep, that was a, uh, Rossi. Yep. And uh, Justin Bakke, yep, this is the response, was saying, yeah, I was disappointed when uh, when that came out. This is again about Lindbergh and stuff. He's been playing so well since his return. Yep, that would be, again, Mr. Philip Lindbergh. Derek Felska says, ouch. Uh, Carson Gig uh, Gearswitz had a hat-trick against Bemidji State, so no doubt that hurts, too, for the Minutemen. That really sucks for Lindbergh, for sure, and I agree. Yeah, it does suck. Uh, I like UMass. Yeah, that was April 7th, so that had just happened. Yep. The bad news. Yep. And Derek was saying, holy crap, for real? Uh, yeah, for real. For real. It sucks. Oh, wow. How did I miss this? See, this is weird. Why didn't this come up? Why didn't this come up when I went to hashtag? So maybe I should rely on notifications instead. I think that's, yeah, and it actually is in chronological order. So I'll continue. Derek Felska says, highly touted prospect Matt Boldy set to make his Iowa debut on Friday. How many points would you expect him to have in his first AHL game? I'm hoping for two uh, or one, but uh, I got a feeling he's going to have like a multi-pointer for some reason. He's going to be excited, ready to show what he can do, and he's going to have a goal and an assist. What do you think of that? That should be fun. There's the preview of the game from Teresa Ferries. Thank you very much. And the preview of last night's, yep. And I think that's it. Uh, retweets and such. I had several retweets about the uh, the, dare, uh, the the hats getting thrown and everything. I really appreciate those of you that retweeted that. I had fun, and I got some new followers last night, which is, you know, it's wonderful. I always appreciate that, and I often follow back, yep, as long as it's hockey-related. It's not just kind of some random person trying to sell something. Uh, lots of likes and all that throwing the hats and stuff. I, I have fun with that because I have a ton of hats. I just collect a lot of hats, you know, like I was saying, Hartford and such, North Stars. I mean, back in the day, North Stars, the Hartford Whalers, Calgary Flames. Those are, I just love the logos, obviously, and obviously the North Stars are my, were my team, but I liked Hartford and Calgary as well. Just had a, Calgary had won the Cup just a few years earlier at that stage. They were still... A very cool team. They haven't been un, un, underachieving like they've been since. And there it is. Yep, April the 3rd. This is since the last show. Derek Velska, Iowa Wild goal. Bryce Misley scores his first AHL goal as he's registered his first point uh, the night before. 4-1 to one, Minnesota Wild mid-third period. FYI, Brave the Wild. And I didn't respond. I must have been at work or something and it got lost in the notifications. I am so sorry, Derek. But I got it now and I'm reading it live on the show. I apologize deeply. Um, 
Oh, and Johnny Misley also. Yep, he was uh, retweeting it. Oh, thank you. There's Johnny Misley. Misley, I did it again. And Derek shared the recent episode how he's saying, I was on a podcast at Paladino Live on his show. Check this out as we talk about all things Minnesota Wild. Yep, that was so cool. Brian Herrera said, uh, uh, thanks for the shout-out on your podcast today, although I didn't ask a question, just made a statement. And, yeah, I, that's, you know, yeah, questions, comments. So, yeah, apologize, Brian. But, yeah, you're very welcome for the shout-out, and thank you. Keep keep in touch with the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm saying that sincerely. I'm not just the typical thanks, appreciate it, you know, where they don't really care, you know. How many show hosts out there don't really give a damn? They just pretend like, oh, thanks, thanks. They just give you that nothing answer. I hate that with a passion. <laughs> I do. Uh, Derek had shared that one. Retweets. I'm about to wrap up the show. Sorry I'm dragging this at the end here, but uh, I don't know where all the retweets are. But uh, those of you that did retweet the show, I deeply, deeply appreciate it. Thank you always. Yeah, but there's Black Space Gaming giving me a hard time, but hey, good luck this week, and I have a feeling you might win the whole thing, buddy. I have a feeling you just might. Just might do it. With that said, I'm uh, going to give us a couple final shout-outs. It ended up being kind of a long show, but I was having so much fun. I mean, this was fun. This was fun. Uh, awesome show. Positive all around for the most part, except for poor Lindbergh and uh, UMass Amherst. Uh, shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation. Thank you so much for being great friends and all that. Patrick Turner from Minnesota Wild Nation. Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, the creator. Chance Caustic. David Kostick, Kathy Main, Michael Fick, Chad Walski, awesome people, uh, David Abraham, and, 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 and others out there. Always appreciate what you do there. MNW Prospects, I already gave out that uh, shout-out, but I'll do it again. MNW Prospects, we talk about all the young guys, including prospects that are on the Minnesota Wild roster. Apparently, Fiala and Caprizov are no longer considered prospects, I believe, at this point, and that's fine. They're main players in the Wild now. They don't really need to be prospects. They're leading scorers on the wild now, so it is what it is. At the end of the day, Pablo Bennett, Justin Bucky, Brandon Quast, all great writers. Again, uh, Brandon Quast writes for Hockey Wilderness. He's, he's outstanding, very talented guy. Um, miss hearing him on the air with uh, Hockey Gone Wild, of course. I'm very proud to be part of Gone Puck Wild. I write for them. It's just wonderful. Uh, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to write about hockey and also doing the podcast and such. Some, sometimes I sometimes I just don't have the time to keep up with everything, and the podcast ends up taking the main uh, priority because I'm more of a radio guy than anything, but I do love writing. I really do. At the end of the day, I apologize. I don't write more than I should. To anybody listening, they might be wondering, why don't you write more often, especially if the guys at Gunpuck Wild are wondering, where is Joey? What's going on here? So apologize for that. Uh, with that said, lawn cleanups are going to be starting up any day now, unfortunately, so the release of the show may become sporadic here in the future. Uh, I would be able to do it today anyway, even if I was doing cleanest, because it, it's, it's, a, it's a wet day. But it might get sporadic here in the future, but I'll do my best to keep up because this team is relevant, and we're going to have a lot of fun here, I think, this spring at the end of the day. With that said, have a great week. Hopefully the Wild continue their winning ways, and I'll be back hopefully Thursday, but if not, maybe a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, or a rainy day after that. Take care, and talk to you then. 